0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our Sunday service online from St Paul's in Leamington. In today's service, we're going to hear the story of how Jesus met the two travellers on the road to Emmaus on that very first Easter day. I don't know how you're coping in these strange days of the coronavirus lockdown, but I pray that as we worship today, the risen Lord Jesus would meet you where you are and transform any sadness or fear or grief and bring his peace and his joy. Let's pray that he does that as we worship him today. Lord Jesus, we praise you that you are risen from the dead. And just as you met with those first disciples in ones and twos and in their homes, we pray that by your spirit, you would come and meet with each one of us as we worship you today. Come and lift our eyes to you and fill us with your resurrection, hope, and joy. And may our worship to you be pleasing to you this morning, and we offer it to you in your name. Amen. I
1: raise a hallelujah. Of my enemies, I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah, my weapon is a melody. I raise a fight for me.
2: Good morning! My name's Katie, I'm the Children's Minister at St Paul's. Before I read our story, I'm going to show you a picture of it. Have a look at this. Have a think, what's happening in the picture? Who is in it? What do you think they're discussing? Do you have any questions about the picture? This is a picture by a Swiss artist called Robert Zundt, and it shows the story of the road to Emmaus. Now, we find this passage in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, starting at verse 13. It says, Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem? who does not know the things that have happened there in these days. What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. I'm gonna pause the reading there and Adam's going to finish it a little bit later on. Now, I love this story for a lot of reasons. Firstly, it always makes me smile that Jesus is a little bit cheeky, asking Cleopas and his friend what was happening, when he obviously knew a lot more about it than they did. It's almost like he wants to check that they are paying attention. Secondly, I love that the disciples aren't afraid to tell what they think is a stranger about Jesus. They just launch into the story without feeling abashed or nervous, even though it was quite a dangerous time to be a follower of Jesus. And I find that quite challenging because I'm not at all sure that I'm that brave. Finally, and this is the main thing that I love, it's that Jesus chooses to appear to these two. They aren't one of the big 12 disciples that we hear lots about in the gospels, but they did believe in Jesus's teaching. And at this point, they seem a bit down, a bit like they've given up. We had hoped he would save Israel, they say. It's like they don't believe he's going to anymore. But even though they've given up a bit on him and are confused by what's happening, Jesus hasn't given up on them. He's come to meet them where they are. He hasn't waited for them to find him. He's actively sort them out to meet with them and that's the same for us today wherever you are in life whatever you're doing jesus wants to meet with you and he wants to spend time with you he wants to teach you more about god and about himself just like he did with those two on the road it doesn't matter if you are angry or hurting or happy It doesn't matter if you have lots of money or none. It doesn't matter if you're young or old or famous or not at all famous. It doesn't matter if your life seems terrible or completely perfect. Jesus wants to meet you and be with you. He wants you to know all about him. One thing that I like is that the disciples in this story are walking away from Jerusalem, away from the last place that they saw Jesus and spent time with him. And Jesus doesn't just let them leave. He pursues them down the road. He goes after them and he finds them. Sometimes we can choose to walk away from Jesus. But the good news is that he is always there waiting for us, searching for us. It's as true for us today as it was for those two on the road. Jesus loves us and he wants to meet us wherever we are. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this story of your two disciples on the road to Emmaus. We thank you their bravery in telling others about you and we pray that we too would be brave like them and share your good news and Lord we thank you that you want to spend time with us however we're feeling wherever we are whatever we're doing you want to be with us Lord help us to make time to be with you Amen it's time for our all age song now, and I'm going to hand over to Rob to lead us in that. In
1: my wrestling.
3: Good morning. My name's Adam. I'm one of the curates at St Paul's. I hope you're well and have had a great week in some of this glorious weather that we've been having despite the restrictions that we have in place at the moment. Uh, It's been a great week and I really loved worshipping with our church family last week as well uh, on Easter Sunday in perhaps a slightly different way. I got photos from friends around the country who are vicars showing us ways in which their churches were engaging uh, together. Uh, In fact one of my friends just down the road played on her door of the church a sign that said the church is empty but so is the tomb he is risen come and worship with us online I thought that was great a little bit disappointed I didn't think of that one uh, myself another friend sent me this cartoon uh, perhaps a different take of what might have happened on that Easter day fortunately that didn't uh, happen musing all the same I'm really grateful to Katie for having shared with us the first part of this story of the disciples on the Emmaus Road and some thoughts about it. I'd love for us to focus on the second part of the story together and I'm going to read it from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, from verse 28 onwards. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us whilst he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now we know very little about these two disciples. Cleopas isn't mentioned anywhere else in the New Testament. It may be the same person as Clopas uh, who is in John's Gospel. Clopas's wife Mary it says was at the uh, crucifixion of Jesus. We don't know that for sure. Uh, We're also not told anything about who the second uh, disciple is in this story. Again it may be Cleopas's wife uh, but we don't know that uh, for sure. What we do know is that they were in Jerusalem at the time of the crucifixion and we know uh, that they know the disciples well enough in order to be able to find them when they return to Jerusalem at the end of our reading just now. Jesus meets with them on the Emmaus road and talks with them but they it's only when he breaks the bread that they recognize actually who he is and this parallels a little with the story of Mary meeting Jesus at the tomb who also doesn't recognize who he is and their failure to recognize Jesus isn't immediately surprising to us. Jesus has not just simply raised from the dead perhaps like um, Lazarus had been, Jesus has passed through death and is now part of the new order in the glory of the Father's presence. What's striking here is not so much that these people don't recognise who he is, but they don't understand, initially at least, what has happened and the importance of that Easter day their lives change in the moment that they recognise Jesus. Again, not just because they recognise who the person is amongst them, but they recognise the truth of what has happened. These guys will have known the Old Testament scriptures much better, I suggest, probably than you or I do. But to this point, it's just been head knowledge suddenly it transfers and they know what has happened. This is perhaps their conversion moment if you will, the moment when all that head knowledge is translated to their heart, where the truth of what has happened makes a difference to their lives. Now if we have come to understand the importance of all that we celebrated last week, then we too will have this conversion moment in our lives, the point where we bow the knee to Jesus as Lord and Saviour. For some, that will have happened, like for these two, in a moment of meeting with Jesus. For others, it will, be, it will have been far more gradual, perhaps. But there is a point when the story of Easter stops just being a story in a book and starts to be part of our story. When the story of Easter stops being part of a story in a book and starts to be part of our story. But what I really want to focus on today is their response to this. It says in verse 33 of our reading, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. So impassioned were they by what they had seen and what they had understood, they knew that they had to go and tell others. Once the story of Easter becomes part of our story, once we become followers of Christ, we ought to have this same passion in our hearts like these first disciples to reach out and to help others to understand that as well. Now just imagine for a moment that I told you that you could ring a free phone number uh, and give them just your name and address and they would send you a cheque for £5,000 with no strings uh, attached. And if you trusted me enough in order to ring the number and give them your address and they sent you the £5,000 and you banked it and you began to spend it and you realised there really was no strings attached to it, how many people would you tell about this free phone number with this mysterious £5,000? The good news of Jesus, I'd like to suggest, is far greater than any free £5,000, any free amount of money. Now I preached on this passage just two years ago at St Paul's and I asked you to consider how perhaps sharing the good news of Easter with, our, with your friends or your colleagues might look in the weeks ahead. Life two years later looks very different to how it did two years ago the disciples' lives looked very different. The disciples weren't in lockdown. They had no restrictions on their travel. They could go back to Jerusalem to, to, tell, to tell the other disciples what had happened. But they also didn't have the same access to technology that we have, the same access to one another in other ways. Just uh, a few days ago, we began our first online Alpha course, a great way of us being able to share the good news of Jesus with others. Someone I know in the church family has recently shared her testimony with a member of her staff team for the first time. Someone else I know decided to send the Alpha printed booklet, Why Jesus?, to a friend they've been praying for for years uh, and they were writing a card for. Someone else I know has begun having conversations with their siblings for the first time about their own faith and the impact that it has on them, but also the comfort that this giving to them in these difficult and different times that we find ourselves. There are so many different things challenging us at the moment, but there are also so many different opportunities and I know so many of us have already begun to look at and to uh, work with those opportunities. But the key part that I wanted to think about from this passage today is that the disciples don't wait until the next day. They don't write it down and then think about it and and think about telling somebody else a little while later. They don't even wait and have a cup of tea. It says immediately they got up and went back to Jerusalem to tell the others what they had seen. Such was their excitement, such was their passion for this story once they understood it for themselves, that they knew they had to share it with others. I'd love to pray for us, that we too would be excited once again for ourselves, for the truth of what this Easter story means to us, and also that that passion and excitement will spill us into action, into wanting to share it with others for ourselves. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for the good news of Easter. We thank you that you sent your Son to die for us, that he came to seek and to save that which had been lost. Lord, we thank you that we were once lost but are now found. Would you reignite in us the passion for who you are, the passion for your good news story, the excitement that comes from knowing this, not just as a story in a book, but as part of our story. And would you open our eyes to new opportunities to share this good news with our friends, with our colleagues, with our neighbours, with our families. Help us to know your love. Help us to know that all things we do in your strength, because you walk with us. Help us to know the power that comes from knowing you in us and through us this week, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. much to Rob for leading us in worship there Uh, and uh, you may remember when Rob leads us in worship at church often he will play his guitar but also maybe play something uh, with a drum on his feet or maybe uh, something else and uh, it's uh, been great that he's been able to lead us in worship with different instruments all from his home as Gethin did last week as others will in future weeks. I'm so grateful to our worship leaders for joining with us uh, and uh, gathering us together to worship God even in our different homes around the place Uh, you might, like me, might be missing worshipping together as a church family Uh, and over the next couple of weeks um, various members of our worship team will be releasing some of our homegrown worship, some of the worship that we've written uh, at home, ourselves, some of the worship that's come out of our worshipping life at St Paul's Uh, and a different track will be released each day on Facebook and on YouTube that you can listen to and engage with us and worship with us over the next couple of weeks. So do tune into their uh, Facebook or YouTube to listen to and worship with us in those. One of the primary ways that we can uh, we should respond to the message of Easter that we we're just hearing about a moment ago is to turn to pray. and we're going to do that together now. Over the next few weeks we're going to do this a little differently uh, and hopefully hear from different members of our church family, both locally and uh, internationally. Uh, and so many different people are serving us, working for us, helping us to get through uh, this uh, coronavirus, whether it is our medical staff, whether it is those that are keeping us safe, our police on the streets, whether it's those that are serving us in shops or collecting our refuge. Uh, So many different charities are still working uh, with different people in need and we hope to hear from each of uh, various different people over the next few weeks and to focus our prayers on Mondays. days This week we're going to start by praying for our NHS particularly and we're going to hear from two of our church family who will work in the NHS. Firstly David, Dr. David Jeevan, uh, who's a doctor at the University Hospital, uh, will share some of his insights into what's going on at the moment. And then Steve, Dr. Steve Crooks, who's a respiratory doctor in Wolverhampton uh, at the moment, uh, will share some of the things that he's discovered uh, particularly for us to pray through. Steve, particularly where with those who have coronavirus. Uh, So we're going to hear those two videos and then I'll join us together to pray.
4: Hi everyone, I'm David. Um, I'm here at University Hospital. I just want to wish you all well at St Paul's. Uh, Thank you so much for your prayers. Um, I know you're praying hard for the pandemic to end and I know you're praying for us in the NHS frontline as well. Um, I just wanted to share with you a few issues that you might not be aware of, but certainly need your prayer. So normally I work with cancer patients and we would routinely, if they get a diagnosis, offer them treatment, which might be surgery or chemotherapy or radiotherapy. But because there's been a whole sea change in the NHS directing all our resources and capacity and efforts to COVID-19, we are going to have to either delay or postpone that treatment. So, from a surgeon's point of view um, we would normally offer complex um, disease, a surgical procedure but at this time we're not able to do that and what's worrying is that um, in a couple of months time that disease is probably going to have spread and they won't be a candidate for surgery. Um, for those patients who are going to get radiotherapy or chemotherapy, um, their are is really going to be reduced or they are going to be delayed until this uh, pandemic ends. So, we have a lot of vulnerable patients now uh, who are going to be very distressed. Um, A cancer diagnosis is bad anyway, but it's even terrible in this COVID-19 situation. Um, There is less support for these patients. We suspect that, as cancer specialists, that the number of COVID-19 deaths is going to be completely outnumbered by patients who are getting less cancer care. And there are also other diseases where patients are going to suffer, which include liver, kidney, heart, and lung conditions. Um, For me, it's heartbreaking to see palliative care patients as well not receive the care that they should. From a surgical point of view, again, uh, we would offer patients who are in discomfort and in pain and have a terminal condition, a short or very relatively simple procedure to make their symptoms better. But because of this virus, we are unable to offer that to them at this time. So I really ask you to pray for these patients. Medicine is very, very amazing at this time. We have so much to offer but I think we're reaching our limit. So God, the Great Physician, really has to intervene for these patients. Please pray that he shows his infinite mercy, his compassion, his healing, and his love to these patients at this time. I'm seeing so many more patients now who have a cancer diagnosis, and the impact of this is overwhelming. Um, They haven't been to church, some of these patients have not been to church before, or ever prayed uh, for as long as they can remember, and their feelings are changing. And I pray for them, and I ask you to pray for them too, that God answers their pleas for help at this time. So to all of you at St Paul's, again, a big thank you, and please keep these issues in your mind when you're praying, and
2: I hope you will stay
5: So points for prayer, um, which I hope you would find useful in the coming week or two, would be, first of all, to pray for the patients who are in under our care, both at Warwick Hospital and in all the local hospitals um, who have been affected by coronavirus. It's a very difficult time for them. They come not knowing what to expect but fearing the worst. They're aware, most of them, that there's no specific treatment for the illness and so we just do the best we can but particularly as they're cut off from from their family and friends it's a really trying time for them so first of all pray for the patient's suffering pray for the families at home secondly those who've been bereaved and lost loved ones are those who are going through very difficult times and unable to see their loved one and just relying on phone calls from the hospital please pray thirdly for the government because the decisions they make will affect both you and us and we need to pray that God will give them great wisdom at this time. Fourthly could you pray also for safety for all those workers particularly for myself I value your prayers um, so far the Lord has kept uh, hold of me and finally uh, could you pray for the Christian witness at this time, for chaplains and for other Christian workers like myself that we'd be able to share our trust in God at this difficult time. Thank you very much, St Paul's. So let's pray.
3: Father God, firstly, we thank you so much for all those in the different industries who put their lives at risk each day in order that we might be safe that we might have food to eat, that we might be well. Lord, today particularly we thank you for our wonderful NHS and for all that work in it, for our doctors and nurses, for all those that work behind the scenes to make sure the hospital is well cleaned, well resourced and a safe place to be. We pray for them today that you would give them patience and hope, that you would protect them and that you would draw near to them. We pray for the Christians working in those environments, for David and for Steve particularly, but for all those who have faith, that you, that you might work through them and shine your light into their difficult times. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the patients suffering both with coronavirus that you would bring them healing, they would know your light and your hope in their lives. And for those patients that have other conditions but can't have their usual surgery or interventions, Lord, would you bring them patience? Would you bring them hope? And would you, the great physician, bring healing to both? Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. We pray for families at home unable to visit patients in hospital or care homes, for families of those who've lost loved ones, perhaps unable to grieve in the usual ways. Your word says that even though we walk through the darkest valley we will fear no evil for you are with us. Lord, help these families to know the truth that you walk with us even in our darkest of days and that we can look to you for hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our government. Pray particularly for healing for Boris Johnson. But for all those who serve us in government in opposition, would you bring them wisdom, understanding and compassion? We pray for the scientists and those advising, that you would give them wisdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all of us, Lord, we pray that you would help us to know your power and your presence at work in our lives. Just in a moment of quiet, maybe lift up to the Lord something that you know you're dealing with at the moment that you need his help with. In another moment of quiet, lift up to the Lord someone you know who needs his help at the moment. And finally Lord we thank you that you speak to your children and in this moment of silence we ask that you would speak to us afresh for this week. It may be the Lord reminds you of a verse of scripture or a verse of a song, it may be he gives you a picture. However the Lord speaks we pray in this silence Lord speak for your servants are listening. Lord, we thank you that you care about each of your children individually. Lord, will you draw near to us this week? Would you give us wisdom and understanding? Would you help us to know your power at work in us and through us? And would you continue to guide and to help us to know that you are here? Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen. I'm going to hand back to Rob to lead us in our final song of worship.
1: In Christ alone. See
0: we close our service today, receive this blessing from God. May God the Father, by whose love Christ was raised from the dead, open to you the gates of everlasting life. May God the Son, who in bursting from the grave has won a glorious victory, give you joy as you share the Easter faith. May God the Holy Spirit, who filled the disciples with the life of the risen Lord, empower you and fill you with christ's peace so may the blessing of god almighty the father the son and the holy spirit rest upon you and fill your hearts and your homes this easter and forevermore amen